This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 7.36 a.m. You're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokdar with Keith Kam and Wong Shaoning. On Sunday, the long-ruling Cambodian People's Party, or CPP, won an expected landslide victory in the election for the country's Senate, effectively paving the way for former Prime Minister Hun Sen to return to frontline politics as the Senate president. He was succeeded seated by his son, Hun Manet, as Prime Minister last year, and more recently, his youngest son, Hun Mani, was appointed as one of the 11 deputy prime ministers with Hun Sen back in the picture while further solidifying the family's grip on power and a fractured opposition. What does this mean for Cambodian politics moving forward? For some thoughts on this, we have on the line with us Jakarta-based journalist Aaron Cook. Uh, Aaron, good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. So... Former Prime, Cambodian Prime Minister Hun Sen is poised to become the Senate president after his party's landslide victory in the elections. What do you think he'll bring to the table this time around after nearly 40 years in power as the prime minister? Exactly. You'd think he'd be a bit tired by now. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting one because uh, Senate president doesn't really have all that much uh, outright power. He's not going to be you know, as as busy as he was as Prime Minister. Um, what is interesting here, though, is that it makes him the the head of state if something was to happen to the king or if the king is travelling abroad. So it does put him kind of closer to power in a different respect as well. Um, but I think the bigger story here is definitely that he is further solidifying his family's grip on power, as, as you guys said at the top there. It's um, not something he's relinquishing easy. And I think it's something that he's trying to shore up further for his sons. There's been a lot of uh, cynicism that Hun Monet or anybody else in the family has kind of the the gravitas, so to speak, that um, Hun Sen has had for, for all these decades. So I think he's trying to lend, lend a bit of extra credibility to the boys. Sounds like a great retirement plan, Aaron. Uh, <laughs> some analysts say that this is part of Hun Sen's attempt to rehabilitate his image as it will allow him to return to international politics and give him some form of dip- diplomatic legitimacy. Do you think this is uh, something viable? I think that's a really interesting way of looking at it and it's probably not wrong at all. He was uh, Last week he went over to Thailand to visit um, Thaksin Shinawat, who's their former leader of course, uh, Thailand's former leader who's just been sprung out of prison, which has put him ba- put Hun Sen back in the headlines a lot more than he has been in the last six months. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot more of that sort of thing, especially with um, Cambodia uh, desperately needing to get, you know, a few manufacturing industries and tourism industries and the like moving again. So he could be on the on the move quite a lot. And with the Hun's family dynasty holding posts in nearly all of Cambodia's political institutions, mm. what does this actually mean for the country's state of democracy? It's been a, a very grim few years, to be honest. The um, the group that the family has is the overarching story, but after last year's election, we saw um, a huge generational shift where um, other leadership positions across all ministries and in a wildly amount, huge amount of people, dozens of people, um, appointed sons, nephews, daughters, that sort of thing. Um, so I think we're seeing a generational shift more broadly that is going to make it much more difficult for the Hun family to keep it hold. Nobody's as popular as Hun Sen is and Hun Manet hasn't proved himself on his own just yet. So I think we're seeing a bit of a challenge in the in the future years to come. 
do you know what the reaction has been from the uh, international community from different countries? Yes, Cambodia has been, uh, oh, how to put this diplomatically, has been kind of um, slapped on the wrist a few times by a, a lot of different countries, by both the West and within ASEAN, for its arresting of domestic values, uh, particularly after its um, election last year in which the opposition parties were really, really uh, messed with and eventually forced out of the election. So I think there's been a lot of complaints sent directly to the Cambodian government, but nothing's really stuck. There's no real incentive to change the ways if if what you're really looking for is to keep a hold on power for generations to come. Mm. What about the opposition parties in Cambodia? We have seen them face setbacks since the 2017 crackdown. The next general elections won't be due until 2027. Is there a pathway for them to uh, return to momentum? What I always find really, really amazing about Cambodia is these opposition parties. And the, the current one that everybody's looking at is the uh, Candlelight Party. But Candlelight Party is sort of the latest iteration of a long-running opposition movement within Cambodia. These parties are always targeted um, by the government. They're always uh, forced out of the election either through intimidation or um, electoral laws and all sorts of dodgy things in the back, in the background, but they are very, very resilient. They are not uh, never to be underestimated. I think I wouldn't be surprised if we saw, if not candlelight party, but another young one come up and, you know, try to unseat the CPP from power once and for all. Erin, can I get a sense of uh, what the public perception is like towards Hun Manet's tenure as prime minister so far? I think that's a very interesting question. We don't have too much of an indication about what, you know, a regular Cambodian on the street thinks. Um, there does seem to be an increased, um, uh, not quite fear, but reticence to talk openly about how one feels about Hun Manet and the succession itself. Um, to criticise Hun Manet is to criticise Hun Sen, which is still very much uh, verboten. I'm... I be hard to convince. I think that um, he's anywhere near as popular or as respected, I suppose, as his father was. I think he's still struggling to carve out his his own uh, his own stand in the country. And um, do you think? Well, like you say, not much is known about him. But in his first few well months of of leadership, mm-hmm. has he made any changes, or is he really much going to be just his father's son? And it's actually Hunsen who's really the puppet master behind the scenes. Yeah, it's been kind of boring, actually. The succession was, you know, built up for, for years before it actually happened. Mm. Um, and then, you know, there was all this excitement. Hun Manet, he's uh, travelled all over the world. He was educated abroad. He's, you know, a bit experienced, loves loves hanging out in all the chic restaurants of Southeast Asia. I thought it could have been really exciting, but it never quite got there. He's very much continuing in his father's footsteps, um, which is a real concern. The the crackdowns on the opposition parties, um, environmental activists, that sort of thing has continued completely unabated since Hun Manet took government. Um, There's no indication that that is a short-term sort of thing that he's doing to shore up his own credibility. Mm. It looks like it is going to be very much just his father's son. 
And uh, Erin, I, I do remember back in, I, I think it was October last year uh, after the election, there was a lot of calls for uh, Cambodia to institute key reforms. Do you think that might happen with uh, Hun Manet in order to hang on to power uh, a little bit longer uh, going down the road? I do wonder. I think that would be very, very interesting to see. I think um, when... Uh, how do we put this? When <laughs> when Hun Manet is uh, no longer under his father's shadow, when Hun Sen does kind of move on, um, he may have a bit more space then to to manoeuvre in his own right. But we may also see a bit of a power struggle emerge, which I think means that we could go one way or the other for Cambodia. We could see incredible reforms and an opening up and a relaxation of personal freedoms in the country. Or we could see an immense crackdown um, as various factions of the CPP wrestle it out for for legitimacy and and power in the country. Mm. Um, I don't know where Hulmanet lands there. I'm still not totally convinced of of his own uh, of his own personal power, I suppose, is the way to put it. Mm. Meanwhile, if we take a look uh, at in towards the ASEAN region in the minute or so that we have left, do you think that the new leadership in Cambodia will impact how it operates within ASEAN or, or its dynamics? No, I don't think so. Hun Manet seems much less interested in being out there in the world than his father has. Um, after almost 40 years, Hun Sen knew everybody in ASEAN, so he, he had no problems getting whatever he wanted done or in the case of South China Sea, not done. Mm. Um, I would expect that Hun Manet leans for leans on his father's legacy and continues the same, um, which is a bit disappointing. It's kind of exciting to see uh, a younger face in ASEAN, but um, when it comes from a Nepo baby, maybe it doesn't make too much of a difference. Erin, thanks very much for speaking to us. That was Jakarta-based journalist Erin Cook. She's also the curator of the newsletter Dari Mulut Kemulut, which you can find on Substack, commenting there on the developments in the Cambodian political landscape. And it's right, and she's right, Hun Manet is the youngest ASEAN leader uh, at 46 years old, uh, but it doesn't seem that he's going to make waves that the younger generation tend to bring uh, when they come onto the, the political scene. Well, he was just in Malaysia not too long ago. He came for a visit, uh, came to uh, concluded, I think, on the 28th of, well, actually just a few Yesterday, days ago. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah, what am, where has time gone? This is actually his 11th visit as a prime minister, his tour. He's really like, like Aaron said, he's been around, he's been visiting a lot of uh, countries trying to establish his, uh, well, he's reaffirmed that uh, here, I'm the new leader of Cambodia, but he hasn't seemed to be done much in terms of changing the way Cambodia is run. Yep, uh, Hun Sen still very much, uh, well, seemed to be in the driver's seat there. 7.47 in the morning, we're going to head into some messages, but we'll come back to delve into the implementation of uh, the kill switch and cybersecurity and other strategies for combating online scams. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.